This is Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Travis provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance. Welcome back to Navigating Your Retirement with your host, Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management. Folks, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, give us a call here at 877-269-0839. That's 877-269-0839. Or you can visit us on the web at chancefinancialgroup.com. Joining us this morning, we have two special guests this morning. Tony, uh, I don't know. You're special. I don't know if you're a special <laughs> guest, but you're special. And then we have Mike Binger this morning. Mike, welcome to uh, welcome to Navigating Your Retirement. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Mike uh, is is a colleague. Uh, Mike is actually a, a veteran of the investment world. He has been in the business for, Mike, how long have you, have you been in investments and been actually managing funds for clients? Oh boy, you're really going to date me now, aren't you, Travis? But uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say I've been doing this for 30 plus years now. Uh, so you've, you've, seen a, uh, you've seen a few summers and a few winters along the way. I have. I'll me. get real specific. <laughs> I actually started my career in the uh, summer of 1987. And for, wow. those of, yeah, for those of us who don't really recall what happened in October of 1987. It was called uh, Black Monday. So it took me about four months before I saw my uh, the the big drawdown in Black Monday. So since then, I've lived through a lot of ups and downs, but it's been a great career. Well, good. Well, good. And, you know, one of the reasons that Tony and I wanted to have Mike on the show is Mike is as obviously uh, a expert in the business. He's he's been managing clients portfolios since the 80s. Uh, he's seen the the flash crashes. He's seen the the big deep drawdowns, the 2000s, the 2008s. And right now, a lot of our listeners, a lot of you guys are having concerns about what's going on, right? Whether it's inflation, whether it's volatility, what's going on in Washington. So I, I wanted to get a, a different perspective. And that's what we're going to talk about with Mike this morning. So if you have any questions about anything we discuss, give us a call 877-269-0839. That's 877-269-0839. And give us a chance to, to kind of give you give you some guidance on some of the topics we're going to talk about this morning. Well, so, and Travis, Travis, I'm excited. I wanted to jump in and say I'm really excited to have uh, Mike Binger on the show today. Uh, Mike is the president of Gradient Investments and uh, appears has appeared on Fox Business News and CNBC. This is a big get, so I'm excited about this one, Travis. It is, it is. I mean, you know, Tony, I know, I know that uh, sometimes you're a uh, celebrity in your own mind, and it's actually, <laughs> it's actually good to have celebrities on the show. So, an actual you know, celebrity, yeah, actual celebrities that have actually got had actual airtime, not just those that are just <laughs> full of hot air like you and I. So, so yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, so, Mike, one of the one of the biggest things I'd like to start with is obviously this week we we got two numbers uh, since since obviously the last show we got. First of all, I want to I want to give this one and then I'll ask you for commentary on the second. 
uh, 5.9% cost of living adjustment for Social Security folks. If you ever wonder why on this show I, I consistently beat and beat and beat Social Security and, and its importance to you and not listening to the media scare you into drawing Social Security early or drawing it inefficiently, if you ever wondered why, this is it. It's because... 5.9% cost of living adjustment, that's going to add approximately plus or minus around $100 to the average Social Security check, and that's per month. So, you know, as we age, as we go through retirement, at the end of the day, the, the real purpose for our nest eggs, the purpose for our investments, it's to provide an income stream. Uh, that's, you know, your your generation that had the 401ks and the IRAs and your parents that had the pensions. Well, the reason they had pensions was obviously at some point in time, you got to take a 30 year vacation. So you had to produce income. Well, now with 401ks, IRAs being the other side of the coin, Social Security is really important because it's guaranteed income. Uh, make no mistake about it. It, it, a politician would rather tickle a tiger's behind in a phone booth than take Social Security from you. And 5.9% is a huge cost of living adjustment. Now, that brings us to our second number, which is what I'm going to actually get Mike to comment uh, comment on. That's inflation, because the inflation number is actually 5.4%. So we might we have been obviously in a in a really low inflationary environment for I don't know probably 12, 13 years. Obviously since the correction back in 08, uh, monetary policy, Fed policy, we've seen the Federal Reserve and uh, the federal government show a tendency to to want to keep that number as low as possible. Right now that has definitely not been the case. So a lot of clients that have not obviously been used to this, they're not, they haven't seen it in years. You know, it used to be something we just kind of we took in stride, right? Inflation, deflation, let the markets decide. But uh, now that this has been something absent for about 12 years, give us your take on inflation today and, and kind of what this means for us going forward. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Travis. Uh, you know, for the past decade or plus, we, we, we've actually haven't had to worry about inflation. In fact, we've worried about deflation, which is something we really don't want to see where, you know, our home values are going down and, and, and companies can't price their products and they have to lower prices, those kind of things. That's a, that's a suboptimal environment, and that's what we've been concerned about. Now, let's think about inflation. You know, a little bit of inflation is actually good. And the Federal Reserve and economists and people in the know actually think a healthy inflation rate is roughly around 2.5%. So that said, for a decade, we've been below that. And recently, we've spiked above that. Um, you know, stocks, they really don't like inflation because the only way you, you, you really can combat inflation is to raise interest rates. Stock market doesn't like interest rates. So it's a concern out there right now. But the word we keep hearing is temporary or transitory. Is inflation temporary? And I fall in the camp that it actually is temporary, that as we enter 2022 in the first quarter or the second quarter, we're going to see that 5% plus that you just mentioned. We're going to see that drift down to around the 3 to 2.5% to a more normalized range. And the reason I say that is because this 5% hasn't been going on for a long time. We've recently spiked there in the last couple of months and last couple of readings of inflation. Um, and what's happening is our economy is, is very quickly opening up again. 
and consumers mm. are getting out there and they're spending and they've been in a period of not spending. Uh, as we recall, in March of 2020, when the economy shut down, demand dropped and corporations and companies and people who manufacture things, they had to lower or reduce their supply chains. You keep hearing that word supply chain. So what we're seeing is we're seeing a supply chain that was purposefully lower to meet lower demand. Now that demand is spiked, it's going to take a few months or, or, or a couple of quarters to get that supply chain caught up to where consumer demand is from the economy reopening. I see all of these things as a positive thing right now. The most positive thing for our economy is that consumers are healthy. They're earning more money, which they certainly are, and they want to spend that money. And trust me, supply will catch up with demand, and that's when inflation will start to drop down to a more normalized range of around 2.5%, And Mike, uh, I'll be quite honest, and I'm, I'm not just saying this to, to, to inflate uh, kudos to you, um, but that's probably the most concise, least publicized, uh, least uh, shock and awe explanation to inflation we've heard in a long time. So thank you for that, because, you know, our listeners listen to us because they want a, a source of information that's not going to be politiz- politicization, uh, not going to be polarizing, not going to actually, uh, you know, try to to sway one way or the other. So I, I really appreciate your comments on that. So um, one of the things I, I think that that comes with the inflation worry is is Mike we've seen a massive recovery uh, in the market. Obviously, we saw you know coming off of a great 2019, and and I can I know the the regulators don't like for us to use superlatives, but they're going to have to ding me for that one because 2019 was a great return. Uh, and then coming off of 2019 into 2020, we we go into Q1 of 2020. We see you know the COVID uh, COVID uh, cases start to go up, economy shuts down. We see fear in the market markets sell off you know and and as uh, one of my favorite analysts and yours brian belsky said that was the control alt delete back in in february and march and and we have we have since seen you know earnings come in you know stimulus packages as well but seen earnings come in better than expected when when you see recessionary environments or you see those types of environments, companies tend to get more efficient. They get leaner. Their profits are going to come in higher because they learn how to operate more efficiently. It just forces them to do it versus, you know, complacency. And, hey, we'll, we'll do that in a five year window. Well, they they put they put a six month window on what probably would have been a five year window without that forced attrition. So um, talk about the fact that because markets have recovered, uh, a lot of questions that we get it, it, it pertains to you know Travis are are the markets ready for the other shooter drop is you know is is this going to is this going to be a volatile situation where now that we're back to all time highs inflation is going to cause the market to drop kind of give us your take on what it, what you see in the overall market and the health of the markets uh, going forward obviously there's always going to be unforeseen but give us your take on kind of what's going on yeah, market wise absolutely um you know, I think you hit the nail on the head, really. It is something that investors always are talking about, well, the market's hit a new high that makes me nervous, that kind of thing. Uh, and I don't know why new highs make investors nervous. I mean, let's think about it. Uh, ever since we've been recording the stock market for 200 years, the market has continued to hit new highs. Uh, in, in fact, just this year, the market has hit 55 new highs. 
That's mm-hmm. what the market does. Our economy is resilient and it grows. The corporations that operate in the in that economy are resilient and they grow, and stock prices follow that growth. So the things that we look at is, is we look at the two what I think are the most important drivers of the stock market, and that is how is the economy doing? And secondly, how are the corporations that we invest in, how are they doing? How are their mm-hmm. profits and losses? And you touched on it at a couple of points. The economy right now is extremely strong because that demand has come back. COVID is receding. People want to get out and spend their money. The consumers are, their incomes are going up. They're going back to work. So things are good on the economic front. In fact, the economy feels to me a little bit like a coiled spring ready to actually move forward. I think the forecasts for economic growth are light, in my opinion, and they're going to exceed forecast. Secondly, as you mentioned, corporations learned how to operate more leanly. They learned how to operate more efficiently when we had the COVID downdraft. And now that demand is coming back, these corporations are flourishing because now they're operating more, you know, in a more lean manner and mm-hmm. demand has come back. So their profits are doing extremely well right now and showing a lot of growth. Uh, so I've been doing this for 30 years, Travis, and you know, it's really taught me to look at the two things that drive stock prices, which are the economy and the corporations, you know, their profits and losses that we invest in, you know, analyzing those companies. Um, but we understand that there's things you have to watch that affect that, you know, Washington, inflation, interest rates, uh, you, you know, pandemics, things like that. Uh, and, and there are some concerns right there right now. There always have been. I've been doing this for 33 years and there's never been a year where there haven't been concerns. But right now, the things that move stock prices are pretty positive, in my opinion. Well, Mike, you you're you're going to throw me down a rabbit hole because you just mentioned something, and I had another topic to to segue into, but I want to I want to pause for just a moment. Um, you know, one of the things that I feel like we have we have gotten uh, is a little bit more guidance on on the fact that you. And we're not trying to get political, just is what it is, where it's the environment we're in. Uh, Taxes, we don't think are going to be quite as draconian of an increase with the current packages being proposed. Obviously, Manchin and Cinema have have, you know, backed down uh, some of the packages as far as what they're willing to support. There's a razor thin margin. They don't have their support. They're not going to get them passed. So. Obviously, that's been something that I think has also been worrying clients and their portfolios is, you know, if all of a sudden taxes go up, then, you know, companies are just going to fall out of bed and they're not going to, you know, prices are going to fall and it's the chicken little syndrome all over. The sky's falling, the sky's falling. So uh, one of the things that we've we've obviously been keeping tabs on, making sure what's coming out of house ways and means we get to our listeners. But, uh, you know, we can you can you briefly touch on that? Because I do have a topic I want to get to. But talk about tax impact in the current capacity versus obviously what it would have been with the, you know, 40% cap gains, 40% or, or you know, 35% corporate tra- tax rates, 40% uh, income, personal income. So talk briefly about that, if you will. Sure, sure. Uh, there, there, there's been concerns. Whenever there's a regime, ch- you know, change in, in Washington, there's always <laughs> I like a lot that of you concerns. said regime. Yeah, you know, there's always concerns. <laughs> you know, half the people are concerned and half the people in this country are are applauding. I, I, I mean, we're really that polarized right now. Um, so we're never going to have consensus happiness coming out of Washington. Um, but 
let, let, let's talk about, let's get back to taxes. So in, in, in the previous administration, corporate tax rates got dropped from 35% to 21% in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, my belief is that corporate tax rates in the U.S. for business done and you know, goods and services sold in the U.S. will probably go back up to around 27 to 28%. So in the past five years, corporations are still net-net winners, even if it goes up a little bit. Um, and, and I wanted to, you know, purposely say in the U S because most corporations these days that we invest in are, are global in nature. And there's Mm -hmm. this thing called an effective tax rate, which means that's the taxes you pay in the U S and the taxes you pay on goods and services sold internationally. And trust me, that effective tax rate is much, much lower than U S tax rates. So their effective tax rates is probably for most corporations, even below 20%. So trust me, corporations can handle a tax increase in the U.S. And then secondly, we have personal income taxes. And the previous regime lowered those from like 39.6% down to, I I believe it's around 36 or 7%. Um, I believe for those folks earning $400,000 or greater, um, that that, that high income tax rate is going to go back to 39.6%. I believe those people, the, uh, those folks absorbed that quite easily before they lowered it. I think they'll be able to absorb it quite easily once again. Um, so I'm not that concerned about, you know, for that small sliver of the, the, uh, of the population that earns that much money, that having their taxes raised a couple of percent is going to hurt them or, or, or subdue their spending. Now, a couple of things that folks are worried about is that dividends and capital gains and things like that would be taxed at an ordinary income rate. I don't believe that'll happen. Um, there is some discussion on, on you know, inheritance tax. Uh, right now it stands that there's no tax on inheritance, what you pass on to your heirs at $11 million. That may come down a little bit, but I think that's more longer-tailed. Net-net, I'm not that concerned because we have such gridlock in Washington. I'm not that mm-hmm. concerned that there's going to be a lot of tax changes that will affect the stock market. Well, and Mike, you you uh, to to borrow your phrase, you hit the nail on the head as well. Gridlock is is actually not a bad thing for markets because nothing's nothing is going to change that's going to flip over or upset the apple cart. Because what's going to happen is you're going to have back and forth and, you know, there's going to be on both sides of the aisle and and they're both guilty of it. You're going to have one side proposing this this monster, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong, Godzilla on one side, King Kong on the other. But at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to get them passed. I mean, not not in those extreme capacities. Yep. So talk a little bit because we talk about it all the time, but I want to I want them to hear it from someone else who's been in the business for you know, for a number of years, talk about the challenges of a rising interest rate environment and bond portfolios in retirees portfolios going forward. Can do. I just, before I do that, I just want to touch if there's one thing from our previous discussion that I want to leave with your listeners, if I can, is that, you know, back to the Washington thing is that if you can take away one thing from this show is that politics and portfolios, they don't mix. Keep those nope. decisions separate and, water. and you'll be, and you'll be better off over time. Now, yeah. let's get back to where the, to the bond market. Um, the bond market has always been a safe haven, a portfolio diversifier, um, a, a, a place to be safe versus the stock market. Uh, when you really want to own bonds, you want to own bonds when interest rates are high and you think they're going lower. 
you do not want to own bonds when interest rates are very low and you think they're going higher. Uh, and the reason is you do not want to own bonds then is because you're committing yourself to a very low coupon or yield. And then you also have risk to the bond price if interest rates rise over time. Not an optimal situation. Unfortunately, that's where we are today, in my opinion. Uh, I, you know, I don't think you're going to lose a lot of money in the bond market, but I also don't think you're going to make a lot of money in the bond market. And that's a different scenario than where we were, say, 10 years ago when interest rates were much higher than they are today. Today, they're extremely low. They've been engineered lower by the Federal Reserve Bank. So it does put at risk or call into question that balanced portfolio, let's say 50% stocks and 50% bonds. Um, you're not going to earn four or five or six percent in the bond market anymore. That that that's just not in the cards, at least for the next, you know, in my opinion, two to three years. So the question is, what can we do? Uh, and and you need to think outside of the box a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are some solutions to this. There are asset classes that have higher yields to them. Uh, they come with a little bit more market risk or volatility. Um, there there's things like high yield bonds. Um, there's some investment solutions that have, that you can actually make money in the markets up to a cap and you're protected on the downside to a certain level or buffered down there. Uh, and and then thirdly, we have portfolios where you may need to think instead of bonds, uh, you may need to think of let's, let's put a little equity mix in there or alternative Mm -hmm. asset classes. There are solutions. Uh, We have them at Gradient Investments and in our partnership with your firm. I would suggest that your listeners give you a call and discuss that and ask the question, hey, how how much in bonds do I own in my portfolio? Is there any alternatives? Because I just heard that we may not make a lot of money in the bond market in the next two or three years. Well, and for anyone that's listening, Mike, just to, to kind of because obviously we we try to to keep it as, as simple as possible. Keep it simple. The kiss, the kiss method, um, you know, how you pepper the gumbo is going to be dependent on your situation, you, your situation, your risk tolerance. So whether whether options using the options market and the buffered solutions are the solution, whether it's adding a little more equity to the mix or whether it's using some of the high yield uh, high yield environment uh, assets the, it's all going to depend on your situation and I, I think one of the things that we try to make sure is is everyone out there is unique everyone out there's situation is unique to them your neighbor and your situation are not the same I don't care what they tell you uh, you know Jim Bob and Sally Sue down the street may have something but that's because it's unique and it's basically what they need not what you need. And the only way that you can actually get diagnosed properly is typically if you have a problem, you go to a physician, they tell you what's wrong. That's why you call an advisor. That's why you call someone you can actually trust to give you a fiduciary opinion. And that is CFG Wealth Management. So give us a call at 877-269-0839. And just like last week, we had a great response. We're going to do it again. If you are one of the first three callers from this week's show, we're going to actually give you a 20 
minute ask us anything session that is on us no obligation it's complimentary to you guys so once again 20 minutes ask us anything 877-269-0839 give us a call and let's talk about your situation mike thanks so much for coming in today tony i don't i don't feel like we included you buddy i'm sorry i <laughs> nope that's no problem uh great show today guys and that does it for today's episode of navigating your retirement with our host travis Jane. Thank you for listening to Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Travis at CFG Wealth Management. Call 877-269-0839 or visit them online at navigatingretirementradio.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by CFG Wealth Management LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Georgia. Insurance products and services are offered through TL Chance Inc., an affiliated company. CFG Wealth Management LLC and TL Chance Inc. are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.